three on a Monday morning, Thomas. We're in the car. What are we doing? <laughs> Driving through the almost deserted streets of Sydney, which is a nice change. And also, I should say that it's um, they're wet streets as well, which is unusual at the moment. But we did get rather a lot of rain last night, I think. Yes, quite a lot, and certainly a lot more than we've had recently. And um, it looks like this week there is more rain on the way. Oh, that's good news. And as Basil Fawlty would say, it's good for the wheat. That's true. It's, well, as long as it's falling on the wheat, I suppose. We well, that's the, the point, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, you're very kindly driving me to the airport um, because I'm about to go away for... Uh, what they call long service leave. This is one of the many excellent things about living and working in Australia. After you've um, been uh, working in the same job for uh, 10 years or more, you are eligible for roughly um, eight weeks of long service leave. So um, mine begins today. So you've been in the job for 10 years or more, congratulations. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yes. And um, so what are you going to be doing with the time? I mean, I know, obviously, but I mean, maybe <laughs> you should be telling the podcast listener. Well, look, it, it, it's basically designed, of course, to be a holiday because I want to come back refreshed and recharged and um, ready for, for the next 10 years. Um, but... I was thinking about what to do with this with this time, and it's a little bit like what they used to call a sabbatical. Um, and I decided I wanted to be somewhere where there was lots to sort of help um, keep me inspired and, and reinvigorated in the things that I love doing, um, particularly music. So I'm going to the United Kingdom, and I'm going to be based for most of the time in the city of Oxford, which is not a city I know very well, um, although I've, of course, visited before. Um, I've never lived in Oxford. And it's, you know, for, for the size of place that it is and the sort of population, it must have um, more music going on than just about anywhere else in Europe. Yeah. Although, of course, there are some other contenders for that. Um, but uh, it's going to be extraordinary, I know, just to be able to um, be immersed in, in all the wonderful things that happen in a university town like Oxford. Have you been looking forward to it? Yes, I have. Um, it feels a little bit strange, of course. I, I, I've never had um, anything like this in my working life before. I was trying to think the longest period I might have taken time off from, from working like this, and it might be two weeks. Right. Um, so I don't quite know how eight weeks away is going to feel. Um, but I thought it was really important to go away and to, do, to be somewhere different. It would be so easy um, if I'd stayed at home for it to turn into, well, not quite the, um, the, the experience and the, the sort of break that I think I really needed to be. Not playing else is good to take the opportunity. Well, that's right. Um, opens the mind, as they say. And, and to be right. in that part of the world where it'll be possible to, um, to go and see well so many places and so easily which of course we can't really do from here as wonderful as it is living uh, in Australia um, I am going to do a little bit of work I'm really excited to be um, 
being acting director of music at a church called the Oxford Oratory. Um, the church is actually dedicated to St. Aloysius, I think. But um, the Oratorian Fathers are um, committed to really wonderful Catholic liturgy, and of course that includes music. And uh, I look forward to, to playing the organ, working with their, their choir, their professional choir that sings for high mass on Sunday mornings. Um, playing the organ for um, the fathers when they sing Vespers and Benediction on Sunday evenings and to being part of that community so I, I won't lose touch with um, the things that, um, that drive I, you. I enjoy most that's yeah. right yeah well that's very good uh, I mean I know from um, my time living in that city a little bit about that parish and it's certainly it's quite um, dynamic certainly uh, very uh, devoted liturgically to doing what Right, as, as, um, as so often with, with institutions run by the Oratorian Fathers. They're extraordinary places, the, the Oratory churches around the world. They really are beacons. Um, and what I've noticed in the, the several oratories I've visited is that they tend to attract an extraordinary cross-section of, of um, the sorts of people that, that join their congregations. You certainly can't say that um, they're all a certain type of worshipper or no, a certain type of person they, they no. I mean I, I know that that's true of any parish but it seems to be perhaps more diverse yes that's interesting well we will miss you of course Thomas but you have um, been running around you've had various uh, projects on the go during January haven't you yes um, going away for eight weeks is um a greater idea um, it takes quite a lot of preparation especially in, in a job like mine it's the start of the school year so um, we've needed to do all the planning that has to happen at this time every year in order for things to be ready for the choir to resume and that's yeah. now happened Good. Um, but because I shall be returning only the week before Holy Week I've also needed to do um, a certain amount of the planning for that and um, putting together all the um, bits and pieces, the, the musical resources, etc., that, that would be needed for these eight weeks uh, in the Cathedral Music Department, especially to do with the, um, the Divine Office, the singing of Vespers. That's um, never really a set-and-forget type of um, operation for us. No, sadly. Um, there, there's there's no one book that you can buy and there's all the chant for Vespers ready to go. Yeah. Um, it's something that uh, I've needed to compile over the years that I've been in the cathedral and it's in constant need of um, updating and attention. So I've, I've, I've been doing a lot of that. And, of course, um, working with uh, the music team at the cathedral, um, just to, to make sure that they've got everything that they need in order to be able to keep the show on the road. But you haven't just been spending your time in Sydney, though, have you? No. Um, we've uh, had a couple of really exciting um, other things uh, that have come up. One was that um, the lay clerks um, and I went to take part in a festival, a music festival called the Organs of the Ballarat Goldfields Festival. That sounds quite specific. It was, and it was really fantastic. It's in its 25th year, organised by somebody called Sergio De Pieri and, and a team of really dedicated um, assistants. Um, 
they wanted to bring fine music to that extraordinary area of Australia and uh, that's what they've been doing and so every year people from all around the country and further afield um, arrive in Ballarat and are given the opportunity to hear extraordinary concerts in so many different venues in the area it's by no means um, just based in one or two places it really is all over that area in, in churches, concert halls and some smaller intimate surprising venues I gave an organ recital in St Patrick's Cathedral in the centre of Ballarat where there's a really beautiful um, organ built by um, uh, a relatively local, a Melbourne based organ builder by the name of Fincham right and uh, it was nice to play to such a, a large and appreciative audience. We don't always get that, it has to be said. No, well, it turns out that if you want lovers of the organ, you must go to the Ballarat Goldfield. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, and then the next night, the, the lay clerks of the Cathedral Choir um, gave a concert in St. Patrick's Cathedral, Ballarat. Um, we sang, well, the sorts of things that we sing during the course of the liturgical function that we fulfil in the cathedral mm. um, Gregorian chant, Renaissance polyphony, um, some more uh, modern things as well in a kind of sequence, the first part was um, broadly speaking music for, for the Requiem, we started with the Dies Irae chant which is of course so striking and um, yes. uh, evocative and then um, the Kyrie from the, Re uh, the Requiem by Jean Richefort um, which we had sung at All Souls Day last year and I, I was particularly enjoying so I thought oh, we'll do that we sang the Talis uh, Lamentations of Jeremiah which um, the Lake Clarks enjoy singing every year during Holy Week um, uh, then I played some William Bird on the organ we then did a section that was sort of based around the chant O Sacrum Convivium uh, beginning with uh, the chant it's a really extraordinary antiphon with um, very expressive range um, and followed that with the Arnus Day from Missa O Sacrum Convivium by Palestrina. Oh yes. And then there's, there's a beautiful um, setting by um, Andrea Gabrielli, the O Sacrum Convivium text. Um, and then in the third, third section we did some Marian music, including the really extraordinary Salve Regina uh, by Cavalli, which is something uh, the men really enjoy singing. And the, um, always a, a, a favourite with audiences, the Ave Maria by Beeble. Um, People do love that. They do. Uh, it's very sort of, well, you used the word evocative earlier, but it's very sort of striking and... Uh, it is. Yeah, mind-hitting. I believe, I don't, look, I can't remember where I read it, and I hope this isn't one of those things that <laughs> I get slightly wrong in my head and start repeating, and actually it's completely apocryphal. But I'm sure I read somewhere that he wrote it for a choir of firemen. Oh, right. <laughs> I hope that that's true, because I told them in Ballarat that it was. Well, indeed, so therefore it must be because I heard it in Ballarat. So, um. <laughs> and, and look, and also, I had in that concert talked about. I played some Frescobaldi on the organ, and there are a lot of Italians involved in this festival one way or another, and of course, yeah. including the festival director Sergio Di Pieri. Mm. 
So I had said that playing Frescobaldi was a little bit like bringing coals to Newcastle. Mm. And someone in the audience said, loud enough to hear, or gold to Ballarat. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a pretty solid mining joke. So there, there you yeah. go. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. <laughs> so uh, we had that, which was, was great, and I really hope we can be involved in that festival again because it was a lovely experience all around. And it's do just, they have that every year? They do. Yeah. And it was just really nice um, to be able to, able to um, prepare music to rehearse the sort of music we do it all the time but to sing it in a different context a really beautiful intimate acoustic um, and for the detail that we work on to be readily appreciable by the audience whereas in St Mary's Cathedral Sydney of course the choir's a long way away the much bigger acoustic and it's in the course of the liturgy so this was just a, a nice um, and different opportunity for us uh, and you also travelled north, though, didn't you? I did, so uh, the, the, I had my first opportunity to visit Ballarat, and then the next uh, little trip for me was to somewhere called Brunswick Heads um, to play a house organ, an organ that had been um, the, the brainchild of a fascinating gentleman, an anthropologist, and, well, look, he, there are many um, strings to his bow, but he had uh, always wanted to, to build an organ into his house and in fact I think the way it went is that the house was more or less built around his concept for a pipe organ an extraordinary house um, on, on farmland like I say in, in Brunswick Heads yeah. near the Queensland border and uh, it was just a few days spent recording um, making music a little bit of a documentary about this really interesting chamber organ um, and about the man whose name is Dr. Hope um, that uh, uh, had uh, brought this instrument into being and that was fun because it was with friends, musical friends um, one of the lay classes of the theatre choir Andrew O'Connor who's an extraordinary singer um, I would call him a bass baritone but he's even more than that actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, one of my favourite people uh, Michelle Leonard who is um, a conductor, uh, a musical educator. We talked educator. about her last time. As we well, did. That's right. Um, to her um, voices. Exactly. Um, and in the course of recording um, a lot of uh, music by Bach uh, and others, um, Michelle, Andrew, and I also had the opportunity to improvise a piece of music for voices and organ. And it wasn't just singing in order and organ either. It was. Um, making sounds evocative of the, of the Australian landscape. Um, wow. So that was a really um, special moment for me. That's something that... Um, so that was the ABC was making a documentary, is that right? I, I believe so, yes. And uh, do you know when it was going to happen to that? Is it going to be broadcast? Uh, I hope so. Um, right. I'm not sure what the, the timeline for that is. Uh, but uh, all of we'll our sort of discovering of this organ, the three of us clambering um, on yeah. and even inside and around it, you can... Um, so is it a big instrument? Um, it is for a house. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, there are a lot of pipes in there um, and many interesting different sounds. Um, I, I think you'd call it a chamber organ. Right. Um, but Does uh, it just occupy the one room? Yes, well, uh, a, a room with a very high ceiling. Okay, <laughs> very good. Well, what next for the podcast? You're spending eight weeks away. Yes, but it might be possible hey, short, to, um, to have some... Uh, 
correspondence from abroad. That might be fun. I'd like to think that we, we might be able to do that, yeah. connect in some way with... Uh, it all depends on the, what's you know, going on over there. technology being with us and all the rest of it. Hmm. So we're just arriving at the airport. It looks like a lot of staff arrive at this time. It's quarter to four in the morning. Um, I think there's only one flight <laughs> this time. Right. The yes, well, the roads have been pretty quiet, it has to be said. Very quiet. Yeah, I would have, I would have expected them to be ever so slightly busier than they are, but... Maybe it all kind of kicks off in about half an hour's time with uh, <laughs> the um, early morning tradesmen who come from the central coast to go and do work in Sydney. So, um, we had fun getting the uh, the lay clerks to Ballarat because of... Um, well, if it were the UK, it would be the wrong type of leaves or snow on a train line, but in this yeah. country, it was sort of rain that seemed to cause trouble for aeroplanes. Oh, right. Yeah, so, uh, so you flew to Ballarat on one of the earlier days of rain. I was I was there with no no trouble. Right. But the, the flight that was supposed to bring the Lake Clarks from Sydney to Melbourne Airport was very delayed. Oh, dear, right. Which meant that they missed the connecting um, bus that goes from Melbourne airport to Ballarat you know, right. some distance away yeah, yeah. and this sort of drama was all unfolding as I was at the festival dinner a really wonderful evening that had been put on uh, by the festival organisers including Sergio De Pieri's brother Stefano De Pieri right. um, who's a very famous chef and has um, a beautiful restaurant in Mildura uh-huh. um, so I was enjoying myself at dinner whilst text messages and, and phone calls were ha- happening about how we were going to get the singers late from um, Melbourne Airport to Ballarat but um, in the end there were some extremely resourceful people at the dinner um, musicians actually, a very fine conductor based in Melbourne um, who said we can deal with this, we can sort this out and they found a seven seater and another car and um, uh, zoomed off to, to Melbourne Airport to meet the late clerks and that's how they were conveyed to Ballarat so, uh, <laughs> Well that's, uh, the, the day was Crisis averted. saved <laughs> that's right. Well that's good, I mean uh, were you um, Perhaps wondering if, well, to the, the extent to which it was in fact your problem when they when they weren't there. But uh, well, I would have looked pretty damn silly um, yes. standing up in the cathedral the following day for the concert on my own. Oh dear! But uh, anyway, <laughs> oh, well, uh, you, you all got there in the end. So, that's right. So, so that's fine. Well, as we manoeuvre into a parking space at the airport, it's time to say farewell to another episode, just as we were saying farewell to Thomas for his long-service leave eight weeks abroad. That was recorded a little while ago now, and Thomas has been away. Uh, And um, so the date of his return back to the podcast, and uh, also back, I suppose, to doing various choir things here in the cathedral, uh, is getting ever closer. But of course, we wish him well uh, on his trip and hope he uh, has an opportunity for a a good rest as as well as perhaps some uh, inspiration and the ability to see some, some new and different things in Oxford and elsewhere. If you like what we do here on the podcast, do please, as always, uh, tell your friends about us, or even not just your friends, perhaps also your acquaintances, uh, or possibly even your enemies. They should all know about it and uh, give them the opportunity to listen uh, to the podcast, Staved Off. You can find us on uh, all the major podcast uh, provider platforms. Uh, And do please leave reviews and comments for us uh, on iTunes, if you can, or uh, perhaps by going to our website at cathedralchoir.sydney slash stavedoff and then choosing this episode. We'll be back for another episode. Uh, Until then, here's some Bruckner. (laughs) 